The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Come on, won't you put your hands together for him? Amen. All right. Hallelujah. All right, remain standing, please. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Ephesians. And if you would find, please, uh, verse 15. I want to preach a message entitled, How to Stay Filled with the Spirit. How to Stay Filled with the Holy Ghost. How to Stay on Fire. How to Stay Anointed by the Spirit of God. I have seen many people come and go, and even in my own life, there's, there's an ebb and flow of the Spirit of God. I, I've found that it's almost like a divine game of duck, duck, goose. Has anybody ever played duck, duck, goose? And if you're not feeling as close or anointed or filled with the Spirit as you once were, it's time to do something different, time to change. Time to press in. But this is very practical pastoral message to you on how to stay filled with the Spirit out of the book of Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to start in verse 15. Let me say to all of the dance team that just, uh, just danced before the Lord, was so blessed. I'm so blessed by all the different cultures that are a part of our church. And uh, on Sunday nights we'll be having... Different ministries, dance ministries, worship ministries, different ministries uh, performing before the Lord. And uh, we'd hope that you would enjoy that and encourage you. And so we'll look forward to I think next week is the children's ministry. All the kids are going to sing and, and, and it's going to be tremendous. Amen. Wonderful. Now our nursery is uh, open for the parents that would like to participate using that. Amen. We're doing a little renovation sort of change on the nursing mother's room because I think there's like 50 babies coming. Praise God. Be fruitful and multiply. 50 is an exaggeration. 20 to 25 is not. 20 babies on the way. That's a sign of a healthy church. Come on, Jesus. Praise God. <laughs> Glory. Ephesians chapter 5, find verse 15. Are you ready? Through 21. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. I want you to say that. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, sp singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting one to another in the fear of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank and praise you for what you're going to do tonight, what you did this morning, Lord, the, the time of worship, offering, everything that's taken place thus far. 
Lord, in the moments that remain tonight, I pray that you would release living understanding to each and every one of us, that we would be a people that walk in the light as you were in the light, that we would be a people that are filled with your spirit, not dissipation. We'd not be a people of the flesh. We'd not be a people given to rage and anger. We'd be a people moved by the very spirit of God, abiding in you, remaining in you, and that you would use us in the highways and byways, God, for your glory, for your honor, and your praise, that we would stay filled with the Holy Ghost and power. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you again for all of your, your prayers and your kindness towards us over these past nine years. It's been such a joy, mostly, to uh, be here and serve. Well, you know, there's some hard patches, but, you know, you're going to do anything for God. Sometimes there's a battle involved, and uh, we've already won. We fight from a place of victory. How do you stay filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, that's a good question. How do you stay filled with the Holy Spirit? Because we all leak. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, you leak, bro. Yeah, you leak. You leak. I remember a prophet calling me out. He brought me up front and he, he prophesied, the Lord shows me that you're mightily filled with the Spirit. But it wasn't always that way. <laughs> he says, in fact, you'd get filled and you'd leak by the time you got to your car. It'd all be leaked out. It's totally true. I'd just be filled with the Spirit. By the time I got to my car, it's like... All right. You know, maybe not you, but we all leak, really. Jesus had the Spirit without measure, but you and I do not. Jesus had the Spirit without measure, but you don't. I don't. How do you stay filled with the Spirit? We go through things. We go through pressures. We go through challenges. Has anybody ever gotten angry before? How, 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 do you, how do you get angry and stay filled with the Spirit? You go through challenges. You go through things in your life. And at times we can allow these things, at times, we can allow these things to hinder the flow of the Holy Ghost in our life. Am I the only one that's had that challenge? You can have things that happen that just kind of instantly get you in the flesh. I used to be known as the guy who, I guess I still am, but in Maui, I'd run a lot. I would run during services, big church. And I would run generally, there are a few exceptions, but generally when the Holy Spirit would come on me in such a way that no matter how loud I sang and how I worshiped and jumped, I felt like I was just going to blow up all over the building. And my feet got happy and I got to running. And I would run. I would run. And that started in 95 and I've been running ever since. I might be a little bit slower. And uh, occasionally, I would, I, occasionally I would take off running, maybe more than occasionally. If I would meet people, witnessing people, oh, that church, oh, I know you. You're the guy that runs. So let me know my name, but they knew that I was, a, I was the guy that ran. I will never forget being filled with the Spirit. I mean, just absolutely over the top. And I took off running, but I was wearing a brand new pair of dress shoes that were given to me, beautiful leather-soled shoes. I'd had them a couple weeks, so they weren't really super new, but they were pretty new. I took off running, and by the time I got to the middle of the entire front of the altar area in front of about a thousand people, I wiped out. 
And I'm talking full speed. I'm not talking jaw. I'm not talking. You know, I'm talking full speed, flesh pile up, arms and limbs, hair, carpet. I fell so hard and it hurt so bad. And when I got up, now, first of all, Dr. Morocco and the distinguished guest were sitting right in the special holy seats, you know. I got up and I was like, what? Oh, my God. I was instantly in the flesh. I wasn't feeling the run anymore. You know what I'm talking about? I feel like just want to go back to my seat. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of return to my seat. But my father is a Marine and a lawyer and been played enough sports to know. Buddy, finish your lap. Can anybody know what I'm talking about? Hey, come on, you can go home, you finish, man. So I got up and I jogged the rest. Of the, <laughs> I jogged it all. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that was embarrassing. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh. And I finished the lap and I came around and I stood next to my wife. And I will never forget looking at my palms. My hands hurt so badly. And by the time I got to my seat, I was like, oh, what's going on? I look, I had blisters. I had blistered the entire palm area. Come on, that's church right there. Come on, Jesus. Full con Somebody said they visited, they said, man, I, your church is like full contact church. I like it. I like it. Full contact. Anyway, I looked at my palms. I mean, I, I instantly was out of the spirit and in the flesh. There are things in life like that where you're just going along, singing in the singing in tongues, just, ah, and then all of a sudden, psh, something happens, and instantly you're out of the Spirit, and you want to stay filled. Come on, somebody say, Lord, help me to stay filled with the Spirit. The story of King Saul in the Old Testament, write, write it in your notes, Saul, the story of King Saul in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel 16, 14, Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him, but because of his yielding to the pressure of the people, the Spirit of the Lord departed from him. Certain things he did caused him to be disqualified. Now, the Old Testament anointing, only prophets, kings, and priests could be anointed in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, anybody can be anointed. Come on, somebody say amen. Anybody that believes on Jesus, that is. And so the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit came on him. Saul was anointed to be king by by the prophet Samuel. And he had great times of fruitfulness, really. Developed a standing army. He, I mean, he was a tremendous leader, but he failed in the end. And he was rejected and lost the anointing. In the New Testament, if you'll put up Scripture for me, please, if you're able to. 1 Timothy 1.20, or you can look in your Bibles with me right now, or your smartphones, or your iPads, or whatever you got. Maybe you have a Bible that has onion skin paper. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and 20. Hymenaeus. Don't name your kid Hymenaeus. Amen. How'd you like to have that name? No, I wouldn't. Look at this. Of whom Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, that they might learn not to blaspheme. How many of you know they lost the anointing? 
When Satan becomes your pastor, you've pretty much lost the spirit. Amen. And that's what happened. They got corrected. They got rebuked. And there are times of correction that takes place like that, unfortunately. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 17, their teaching will spread like gangrene. Does anybody know what gangrene is? It's a horrible disease. And there is teaching out there that it's gangrenous. And it'll cause pain. It'll cause destruction. It'll cause you to fall off the body of Christ, that is. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philestius. The Apostle Paul actually names them. He names them. He, he, named, he tells them, there's these guys, this guy Hymenaeus and whatever his name, Phil, here. Short. Who have wandered away from the truth. They say the resurrection has already taken place and they destroyed the faith of some. Paul mentioned that they were deceived and they're deceiving others. In fact, Paul mentions how we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Come on, everybody say grieve. grieve. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. Now look at, look at Ephesians 4 and 30. 4 verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Can you put that up please? Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God on whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, given, given that, how do we stay filled? How do we stay filled with the Spirit, not grieve the Spirit? We certainly don't want to be turned over to Satan. Amen? Or you lose the anointing altogether. But we leak. We have things that, that cause us to trip and get blisters on our hands, if you will. By the way, I stood there with my wife, and she says, Are you okay? I said, oh, yeah, that was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. Praise God. And I said to the Lord, I said, I will never do that. He said, oh, yes, you will. You, you will run again. I said, I'll never run again. He said, you will run again. I said, okay, I'll run again. <laughs> my, mother, my mother comes to me right, you know, at the end of close of service and is greeting. My mother comes, tears running down her face. Oh, son, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you, son. I'm like, thanks, mom. Thanks. She's like, you felt prostrate before the apostles. Praise God. I'm like, yeah, no, I fell. I didn't, I didn't fall prostrate. I ate it. It was a high-speed come-apart. That's what that was. Tell me what a high-speed come-apart is. That's what I was like. Threw a rod, blew a piston. Oh, Jesus. It was ugly, man. One of our extreme sports guys says to me, Pastor Pascal, he's a, he was a world champion windsurfer and extreme sports guy. He comes up to me, he says, oh yeah, man, that was right on, bro. That was awesome. I watched that whole thing. Way too much torque to the shoe. Way too much torque. <laughs> Listen, if I don't tie that whole thing into the message, you can just enjoy the story all by itself, right? You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You know the Holy Spirit is it's, it's a person. It's not an it. It's not a dove. The Holy Spirit, it's, it's a person. And you can, how many of you ever felt grieved? You can grieve the Holy Spirit. In the text that we read, Paul gives five things. The text that we read, five things in which we can use as a checklist of how to stay filled. 
Five things in the text that we read, how to stay filled, how to stay anointed, which is what being filled with the Spirit is. Steps to stay filled. The first one is be careful how you live. Everybody say, be careful how you live. Amen. Be careful. Walk circumspectly. See that you walk circumspectly, not as a fool. Everybody say, don't be a fool. The Amplified Version, I think, says idiot. Anyway, you don't want to be a fool. You don't want to be a fool. And so literally by walking and living as a fool, you can end up not walking in the Spirit. It's very simple. Be careful how you live. Say it. Be careful how we live. We have a tendency to put emphasis on external things. We have a tendency to put emphasis on clothes, on, on mirrors. How many of you looked in a mirror today? All right, perhaps some of you should have looked in a mirror. Amen. Some people worship at the mirror. Some people worship the enemy, the devil at the mirror. What do you mean? You come in agreement. This is going to hurt. Brace yourself. Just fasten your seatbelt for a second. High and tight. Put your trays in the lock position. Okay? If you stand before a mirror and you begin to agree that the size of your nose is wrong, you begin to agree at how, you know, you're ugly or you shouldn't have receding hair or you should have hair or you start agreeing with all the things that the enemy would whisper about your, the way that you look, you're so fat, you're too thin, you know, on and on, your teeth are crooked, they need to be whiter, on and on, all the different things, man, I need to pluck. Listen, it can go, I think some of that's okay, amen, but it can go overboard if you begin to get an agreement with what the devil says about you, you're actually having a, a satanic service where he's whispering things over you. I'm just saying, I'm trying to help you out, I'm being a little aggressive, trying to make a point. But we have a tendency to be so concerned about externals. Some determine how successful they are by what they drive. Let me run that through one more time. You're like, whew, I'm glad I don't do that, man. Praise God. I got a pile out there. Like, Jesus. Listen, your, your success is not based on what you drive. It's not based on how much money you have or don't have. Success is not based on, on whether you have the applaud of man, the favor of man. Success, real true success, and I've learned this the hard way through great difficulty. If you don't learn and get what I'm about to tell you, you can really go through pain in your life. If you don't get this, all of you 20-year-olds, all of you teenagers, 20-year-olds, listen. Listen to what I'm telling you. It's nothing to do with how much money you make. Nothing wrong with making money. God wants to bless you. Got to be a good steward. But if you end up in a position where it doesn't make you a multimillionaire, that doesn't make you a failure. Hello? If you don't drive the big expensive car. There's nowhere in Scripture, not in one single place, is there an exhortation to have, you know, fame and fortune. It's not in there. It doesn't exist. But there's also not a vow of poverty either. That's also wrong. Though God wants to bless you because you have what you need when you need it and so that you can be generous on every occasion. That's what the scripture says. Real success is this. Having what God says you can have, 
being what God says you can be and doing what God says you can do. And so that in the end, you hear from the Lord, he looks at you and he says, well done, thou good and faithful evangelist. No, he doesn't say that. Well done, thou good and faithful entrepreneur. Nope, doesn't say that either. Well done, good and faithful pastor. Wrong, doesn't say that. Well done, good and faithful servant. Good and faithful what? Servant. The greatest among you is the servant of all. And there is an overlay of ambition that have come upon God's people that torments them because you don't have millions, you don't have the car, you don't have the thing. I mean, we're super blessed in Alaska. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. But we have a tendency to have our eyes on the external. Look at the next point. Commit yourself to be mature. Ephesians 4 now, verse 11. Ephesians 4, 11, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, pay attention now, some evangelists, and some pastors, and teachers, next verse, for the equipping of the saints of the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, verse 13, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Leave it up. Listen, the point is, is that you and I would be matured, that we would grow, that we would become more Christ, Christ-like. Unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Listen, commit yourself to grow up. Commit yourself to be mature. Learn. Grow. Learn to put your flesh down. Learn to resist your, resist your desire to slap somebody. Learn to control your tongue. The man, as James says, the man who controls his tongue is in control of his entire being. Amazing. One of the ways God's helped me learn to control my tongue and God helped me. I, 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 I struggle at times. I get frustrated. I told you this morning my cursor got taken out. You couldn't get me to curse. Although I cursed in sign language just the other night. Please forgive me. Amen. I didn't realize it was, anyway, it was one of those, my brain skipped. Commit yourself to be mature. One of the ways I've learned to control my mouth is I pray in tongues a lot. And I've found if you pray in the Spirit a lot, it'll help you to shut your mouth when you need to and speak words of life, to, to, to let your words release grace, to build up those in the hearing of your words that you speak. Instead of tearing down, instead of mumbling, instead of grumbling, Instead of complaining and releasing a death angel, as it says, I believe in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it talks about, it might be 2 Corinthians, it's in the Bible, all right? In the Bible, it talks, it's in Corinthians chapter 1 or book 1 or book 2. Don't grumble and murmur as some of them did, talking of the Old Testament saints and release a destroying angel. There is death and life in the power of your tongue. You need to be careful how you live. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. you got to commit yourself to be mature. Mature. Ephesians 
4.11. Wow, the fullness of Christ. God wants you and I to grow up. And really, it's my job, along with others, to get you to get there. Of course, you have to be willing. You can lead a horse to water, but you all know the rest. Maturity comes about, I've found, by, by getting involved, doing ministry. And, and if you don't get serving, and a ministry is your life. I'm not talking just about the church. How many of you know you have a ministry to your wife, husbands? And all, you, all the fellows, give me a hoorah. All right, well, you have a ministry, and it's a ministry to your wife and a ministry to your kids. Just practice, is there anything I can do for you? Go ahead, try and say that. Is there anything I can do for you? Or is there anything else I can do for you? Just fellas, just practice. Even, even, if, they, even, if, they, even if they say, you learned that at church. You go, so? Is there anything I can do for you? Go ahead, look at your wife and say, is there anything I can do for you? Yes. <laughs> learn to do that. Hey, all you teenagers, kids, learn to ask your parents. Hey, kids, say, yes, Pastor. Sadie, <laughs> it was good. All the children, I want you to say this. Say, is there anything I can do for you? Ready, set, go. Is there anything I can do? Very good. Learn to say that to your mom and dad. All the parents said, amen. Listen, make a plan to, make a plan to grow up. What do you mean make a plan? I mean examine your life, not in a critical way where you end up in condemnation, but examine your life and find out the different areas where you're immature. Now here's the thing. Sometimes it's hard to see things if you don't roughly know what they look like. C.S. Lewis said that. You see, it's hard to know you're broken if you're broken and you're blind. You know what I mean? How are you supposed to see? You know, it's like the kick me sticker on the back that you put on some kid in high school. Don't raise your hand. I know some of you were participated in the kick me sticker on the back of somebody. And then somebody come around and kick them. Sometimes you have things in your life that you don't know you have. That's why when you get in loving communion and fellowship, koinonia with one another, you know, then you can, somebody can come up to you and say, hey, brother, what's up? Just so good to see you. Listen, yeah, you got a sticker on your back, man. Let me help you out. Oh, thanks. Thanks, thanks. Awesome. Hey, you need to brush your teeth. Praise God. You can learn to speak lovingly. So have somebody speaking into your life so that you can grow. Amen. Make a plan to grow up. Everybody say make a plan. Make a plan. Commit yourself to mature. Put off the old self and put on the new. Number two, put off the old self, put on the new. Ephesians 4, verse 20. Ephesians 4, 20. We throw in that up. There it is. You're the man. We've not learned so in Christ. Next verse. Keep going until I tell you to stop. Verse 21. If indeed you've heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, verse 22, that you put off. Everybody say put off. Put off, put off concerning your former conduct of the old man. Listen, this is profound. This is profound. Put off the the former conduct of the old man 
which grows corrupt according to its deceitful, design, deceitful lust. Stop. Leave it up. Listen, you have to reckon yourself dead. And that reckon is not like, well, I reckon. Uh. <laughs> reckon is you say, I, I'm dead. That old guy's dead. Look, sometimes you wake up in the morning and it's just like, oh, he's back. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You say, no, no, no. Down, boy, down, you're dead. Get back in the ground. You reckon yourself dead. You put off concerning your old former conduct. You don't do the things you used to do. Because you're new. Wow, old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. What a scripture. Next scripture. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Wow. And that you put on the new man which is created according to God in righteousness and holiness. Leave it up. You see, you must understand what Jesus has done for you. You must understand that what he did is he died in your stead. He died in your place. Your sin was placed upon him. And when he died and he went into the earth for three days, when he rose again from the grave, that the, the baptism is the, is the outward sign of what Jesus did for you. He took your sin. The written regulations, and he nailed it upon his body on a cross. He threw as far as the east is from west all who believe. And he comes into your life and he makes you a new creation. But you've got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind to understand who you really are. See, it's hard to walk in the spirit if you don't know that you're new. If you still think you're the old person, it's very hard to stay filled with the spirit. Anybody getting anything tonight? Our goal is to put to death the sin nature, live from our new nature. Live from our new nature. Learn, learn to abide. Learn to walk in Him. Learn to hold your peace and keep your peace. Learn to live from your spirit. Re learn to respond and not react. How I many you know what reacting is? You know, a knee-jerk reaction. You ever heard that before? As a doctor comes and, you know, you might have to do this. He hits you, boing. Right? That's a reaction. Learn in life to respond. Some of you just need to like count to 10. Others of you need to count to 20. Just count, just count. They, here it comes, bang. You know, the, 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 somebody throws you a curveball, offends you, or hurts you. Just go one, two. You can, you can count one and then pray in tongue. One, shake Two, three, shake By the time you get to 10, you know, and some of you need to count to 20. Some of you might need to count to 50. It's a civil war within your soul. The fight between, between the old man and the new. You have to reckon yourself dead. You have to declare the old man dead daily. That's sanctification. You identify with Christ and you learn to live in this new, this new world of the Spirit. That which Christ has created in you through redemption. Learn to live in the new man.
Paul goes on, he gives some lists. Don't lie. Don't sin in your anger. Don't steal. Verse 29 of that same chapter 4. Chapter 4 of 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. It's amazing how much of this is involved with speech. I mean, you do a word study. I remember years ago, my wife and I, we, well, we were courting. We weren't married yet. She did a word study on speech, and we sat there and read through these. How do you do a word study? You want to know how to do a word study? Here, you want to help me help you? How many of you got a study Bible? First of all, if you don't have a study Bible, you need to go buy one. All right, now you can use, you can go online. There's uh, blueletter.com. That's put together by Calvary Chapel. It's very conservative and yields, leans towards Calvinist a little bit, but some great study tools on there. There's some great study Bibles online. But you can get yourself a good study Bible. How do you do a word study? Open up the back of your, how many, raise your hand if you've got a study Bible. It's got a concordance. All right, flip to the back of your concordance right now. I'm, I'm, some folks need some help here. Listen, you need some help because they don't, we don't, people don't know what they're doing. That's a study Bible right there, isn't it, John? Let me borrow that, man. You can always tell they're thicker. Wow. This thing's marked up. That's right. Sign of a well-fed soul right there. So I can go to the back of John's Bible, and so will every other study Bible have these, and there's a, there's a topical concordance he has here. And so you can turn to it, and you can do a word study on bread. You can do a word, you can, listen, how many, how many, some people here are having trouble with sleep. Where are you? Raise your hand, you're having difficulty sleeping, stand up. Your difficulty of sleeping is going to end right now. But let me just tell you, if you struggle with sleep, look how many people are having a hard time sleeping. It is, listen, you all listening? Do a word study on sleep. The sleep of the just, it is something that God gives his people. It is a promise from God to you if you're a believer. And you all aren't believers here? You're a believer? Okay, it's a promise from God for you. And you can do a word study on sleep and read how often it says that God will give sleep to his people. God will give sleep to the just. How many of you have been justified? How many of you have been justified by the blood? Amen. Just as if you never sinned. You can do a word study and you begin to, you can sit. Oh, let me pray for you. Let me pray. Stand up quick, quick, quick. Hurry up. Take your time. Amen. Holy Spirit, release the peace of God and the sleep of the just. And any anxiety or any physical thing that might be taking place to hinder the rest that you provide for your people, we pray it removed or healed in Jesus' name, that tonight they'd sleep through the night for the glory of God and wake up refreshed. May every hour even be like two in Jesus' name. Amen. You can do word studies. You look in the back. You want to know, want to study up about anger. Then you look in a concordance, look up anger, and then go look up all the scriptures. Now let me tell you what will happen. You look up all the scriptures from Genesis. Now there's things called exhaustive concordances. What's exhaustive mean? That means there's no end to it. In other words, every single word in the Bible is in a thing called an exhaustive concordance. You could look up it. How many times it is in Scripture, and, how, and it, it lists a number of times, and you can go through it. So listen, you need to have a concordance. Why? So that you can do a word study. You can open it up and look about anger. Look up about lust. Look up about greed. Look up about peace. 
You could look up about the Spirit. You could do word studies. You can look up all these different scriptures out of the Word of God. And what will happen as you have a difficulty in your life. Man, this is helping somebody. I can feel it. You have a difficulty in your life, let's say, in the area of anger, which I had, by the way. I think I had all of them. Hallelujah. I look up anger, and I memorize, memorize the scriptures on anger. Now, let me just tell you what will happen. You memorize those scriptures on anger, and the next moment you're about to pitch a hissy fit. Is hissy a bad word? Okay, good. Thanks, John. The next moment you're about to blow a gasket. The next time you're about to have a high speed come apart. All of a sudden, you'd be like, Aah! and it'll be, the fool gives full vent to his wrath. You'd be like, hey! And you're like, Aah! like a city without walls is a man who gives to his anger, yields to his anger. Aah! And then you'd be like, Lord, help me. He's like, I am. And he'll give you scripture and you stand on those things. In your anger, don't sin. There's nothing wrong with being angry. There's something wrong with sinning. Kind of hard to keep them separate. Is this helping anyone? Listen, get a concordance. Get an exhaustive concordance. Thanks, John. Awesome. You get a concordance for the Bible that you, that you have. You read a new, internet, new, new King James Version is probably one of my favorites. That's what we're reading for most of the time around here. I do use the King James, but sometimes the King James needs to be translated. So, uh, and I, I enjoy reading the NIV too, but sometimes the NIV does some things that are, leaves some things out that I don't really care for. And I have heard people say, well, there's a copyright on the NIV and you can't copyright God's Word. Well, it's, 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 it's a wonderful version in many ways because it's got some of the newer uh, archaeological finds and different things. And there's New Living Translation, there's other trans New World Translation, don't read that one, all right? That's bad. Don't read the New World Translation, it's just off. The cults have translations out there. Book of Mormon, nay, no good, all right? Okay, praise God. Get yourself a Bible. I know we went on a rabbit trail there, but it'll help some of you. Learn to do word studies. Whatever area of life you're struggling in, get the Word of God for that area, memorize that scripture, stand on it, and watch that problem fall. Watch that thing crumble. If you're having a problem with self-control, do a word study on self-control. Lust, greed, on and on. You can't think, the Bible has everything that you need in there to help you. All you need to do is open it up, read it, memorize it, hide His Word in your heart, and you won't sin against Him. Can you say amen? You live a life of victory. All right. Where are we? Three, imitate God by living a life of love. Everybody say love. Live a life of love. Ephesians 5, 1 through 3 up on the screen now. Ephesians 5, 1 through 3 reads... Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love. Everybody say, walk in love. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Verse 3. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not even be named 
among you as is fitting for saints. Wow. Wow. Walk in love. Everybody say walk in love. How do you know what love is? Memorize 1 Corinthians 13. We read 1 Corinthians 13 right now. We realize we're really short on what real love is. Yeah, put it on your fridge. Commit it to memory. Learn to walk in love. How many of you will go read 1 Corinthians 13? You'll read it at some point this week. You read 1 Corinthians 13. Come on, we can go deeper in love. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Don't be deceived. Look at 4. God's wrath will come upon people as a result of their sin. Number five, have nothing to do with darkness, but rather expose them. There's got to be a transparency in your life. If you're not transparent with somebody in your life, you're headed for a train wreck. I tell all the people I disciple, I've said it many times here before, King's School of Ministry, all my brothers and sisters that came out of the same life that I did so many years ago, stay humble, broken, and transparent. Do those three things, God will always use you. If you don't learn to be transparent, you're going to have some bondage come on you. You'll get a parasitical operation of the devil operating your life, operates in darkness. Listen, expose stuff. The man who had an anger problem, he was a small group leader, not a part of our church. And he had paintings in his house of their hold hung in an unusual way. And all the people would come over and what the problem was, was that he would punch holes in the wall because he had an anger problem. But nobody in his small group knew that. And so he had these paintings and pictures hung in different places to hide the fist marks. And so he had a fit of rage, and the Lord said, you are going to embarrass that sin. He says, I am, yeah, you are going to embarrass that sin. The next time you have your small group over, pull all the paintings off the wall and confess it. Um, I bind you Satan, right? No, but it was the Lord. And so he had his small group over. This is not one of our leaders, okay? It's not one of our leaders. Everybody say, it wasn't a leader at KC. It wasn't a, okay. So he, it was actually a world, a, a traveling evangelist who did miracles and signs and wonders. Great, crazy, Holy Ghost guy. Chris Harvey. It was Chris Harvey. Yeah, he, he plays a nose flute or something crazy. Guy's very, very different, Chris Harvey. So he invites, you know, the group comes over. It's Thursday night. He's like, yes, well, let's open in prayer. They open in prayer. He says, well, I've been struggling with anger, and uh, the Lord wants me to embarrass it. So I'm going to embarrass it. So he pulls all the paintings off, and all you see is fist hole marks and all the drywall everywhere. And everybody's like, Okay, Chris, let's pray for you. They prayed for him. That's about 10 people there. The following week he had two. But he got over his anger problem. And he went on to be a powerful evangelist. Listen, you have to learn to be transparent. You have to learn to expose darkness. Expose darkness. I, I'm going to tell this story. It was we had one of the most incredible, powerful Holy Ghost services uh, in a church we were just at. And I, I met the guy before. I preached there the year before. And I know that he comes from a, a cattle trading family. They were, 
they were some of the biggest family of cattle traders in the United States. I know that because he told me before. And, and the dude's wearing cowboy boots. I mean, he looks like a cowboy. So, but the Lord gives me a promise for him, gives me a word. Tell him, tell him I'm going to restore everything that was lost, and I'm going to give him a ranch as a sign of my great love for him and what I'm doing. And it's going to be a place of retreat for the church and a place of retreat for pastors and all this stuff, right? So I, I said, the Lord, the Lord shows me he's going to give you a ranch and, and, you know, your family and everything, all that was lost. And I know that there was a lot lost. I know because he told me, okay? So I said, all that was lost, but God is going to bring this restoration. It's all the same. The guy's like, oh, my God, thank you, Jesus. And he's like rocked, totally rocked by the word. And then he says, he says, he gets up. He's kind of closing. They're taking an offering for me, and they blessed us. It was wonderful. And as he's doing that, he says, man, this guy can prophesy. He had no idea. Now, you, there's 600 people. The power of God has wrecked the place. I'm in the front. He, has, he says this. He has no idea that my family were cattle, ra cattle ranchers and traders. I'm like, oh, oops, that's not true. I actually made a mistake. I should have said, now I know, but I didn't do that. I failed. I'm being, this is last week. Hello. This is last week. So he says, this is a prophet. Oh, the words that are coming forth. Now God had done this great stuff, and I'm sitting there going, that's not true. That's not true. Oh, I'm going to throw a wet blanket on this whole service. And I'm like, Lord, he's like, yeah, you know what to do. I'm like, yeah, that's right. So I'm standing there. I interrupt him as he's bragging on this tremendous outpouring and the accuracy of the prophetic word. And I'm standing there, and then I'm tapping his boot. Dude, dude. He's like, oh, what? I said, ah, I got to say something, bro. He's like, okay. He's me the mic. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, you told me last time I was here that your parents were cattle ranchers. And so... You know, for integrity reasons, uh, I got to tell you that I knew that already. So, sorry. He goes, well, it's still a great word. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> and it was like, wow. It was sort of like a little bit of a wet blanket hit the place. But I'll tell you something. I will not. I cannot. I absolutely refuse to partner with exaggeration and darkness and lies for the sake of trying to look good. What? Give me a break. God doesn't need your help to look good. He looks good all by himself. And sometimes there are things that will come, and you want to walk in the Spirit. You want to stay filled with the Spirit? Don't lie. Don't exaggerate. Don't, don't let people exaggerate for you. And honestly, what happened out of that whole thing, you would think like, wow, that just... That just bust your ministry over there. No, actually, what it did was it showed folks not that this was my intention. I'm just keeping my heart right. They said, huh, guy's a man of integrity. He's the real deal, I guess. Again, we're trying. Amen. We try. So I think some people are convicted right now. Everybody say exposed darkness. Was that darkness? It sure was if I didn't expose it. It was an opportunity for me to, be, to receive greater honor and, and look like a greater accurate, you know, prophetic voice than maybe I am. So what do you do? Truth, baby. Always tell the truth. And if it hurts, it's good for you. And God can elevate you and do anything in any one moment. But if he cannot trust you to tell the truth 
If you're hiding things, you're, you, listen, if you got a drug problem, buddy, you better get that thing out in the open. You got a lust problem, you better get rid of it. You have a problem lusting after somebody, you're flirting with your secretary, you're flirting with the guy who comes to fix your refrigerator. You're being set up, man. You're being set up, expose that thing. If you get defiled and you don't get that stuff out of your life, you're gonna end up in trouble. Everybody say, stay filled with the Spirit. All right, I'm almost done. I just have like 15 more points, I think. Look at that, it's 8.05. All right, we're almost done. Pastor Alex, come set me free up here, will you? Be wise. Everybody say, be wise. Make the most of, op- of every opportunity to do the will of God. Saul messed up because he didn't do the will of God. Are you doing the will of God? It's hard to stay filled with the Spirit if you're not doing the will of God. Let the Spirit control you, verse 17 and 18. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. He's talking about worship. When you move in worship as a people, you come under an anointing. I want to walk in the Spirit. Listen, fill your car with worship. Fill your life with worship. Fill your house with worship. Come on, put Netflix away. You want to stay filled with the Spirit, but you listen, to, you listen to all kinds of other stuff that has nothing to do with the Spirit. It maybe is rhythms and beats and sounds and lyrics that are not from God at all. And you wonder why you're, you wonder why you're still struggling with lust. Hello, give me a break. You listen to music that's filled with lust. It's like smoking the lust drug. Learn to, learn to be filled with the Spirit. Listen, make up songs. I make up songs. I sing. In my chicken coop, I sing. I sing in my backyard. I sing in my car. I sing in my home. I sing in my bedroom. I sing, I sing downstairs. I sing in the spirit. I sing all the time. I wake up. I can't say every day, but nearly 99% of the time, I wake up singing. I wake up and I'm, I'll hear a worship song. You know, it's interesting, if you listen to a lot of secular music, you'll wake up with secular stuff. And let me just say this, if you wake up with music on your heart, like when you're waking up, you're you're hearing music, it's in your spirit, that's a really good sign. But if you're hearing music, it's usually real worshipers wake up like that. But if if you've got other music you're listening to, you wake up hearing that, I'm just going to tell you, you're off, buddy. You're off. If you have secular music streaming through your spirit when you wake up, I just believe that that's not good. Come on, somebody say, Lord, help me. Stay filled with the spirit. Look at two, sing and make music into your heart to the Lord. Not just words from a screen. Real worship comes from the heart. Always give thanks. Everybody say, always give thanks. Submit one to another. I hate that one right there. Everybody say, submit one to another. He goes on to talk about husbands, wives, and and children and employers. We need to be open. There needs to be an openness with one another. I'm so thankful for my staff here. I I really am. You know, we're really not a staff. Yes, we are. We're family. We are. Nobody here is employed. 
not in the traditional sense. I've seen people do, it's just so foreign to who we are at KC. I've seen people who actually go and fill out resumes and just try to get a job at a church. Are you against that? I'm totally against that. I don't even understand that. I'd say, in fact, that's so foreign to me. I, I just, it's foreign to me. Because I believe in being called. I believe God will call you and he'll send you somewhere. I believe in being where, you, where God calls you to be. Because it's, not, it's more than a job. I, I, I said, I started with saying, my, so appreciate my staff because there's a transparency. Thankful for you, Pastor Alex. Thank you. These guys know my weaknesses. Thank you, Pastor Kirsten. Thank you, Mr. Kimmy. Thank you, Mike. Mr. Mike, where are you at? Doing something busy somewhere. God bless you. I love you, man. So, so thankful. Pastor Vince, Minister Ava, thank you. Shelby, thank you. Maylene, where are you? She's somewhere doing something. Thank you, May. We submit one to another. We, we do that. Mo, you know, most of all, thank you, Karen. Learn to submit one to another. If it's your way, the highway, you're a jerk. If it's your way the highway, then you're just an egotistical, unsubmitted somebody who's not filled with the Spirit. In order you've leaked or you, you need to sub, learn to submit one to another. If you're not teachable, you're not pliable in the hands of the Lord, and if nobody can correct you because you'll just blow your stack, well then you're like, what? Did, you need a lot of healing. You need healing. Come on, stand up on your feet. I'm done. Lift your hands to Jesus. Come on, lift your hands and ask God to fill you right now. Come on, just a moment longer. I went a little bit long. I'm sorry. Come on, lift your voice and worship Him. Worship Him. Yeah. How are you doing? How are you doing at staying anointed? How are you doing at staying filled with the Spirit? Maybe you're not filled with the Spirit at all, but you can get filled right now. Right now. Right where you are. Right now. And if, if you are filled with the Spirit, how well are you doing at staying that way throughout the week? Holy Spirit, come. If you need to be filled with the Spirit, you've never been filled with the Spirit or the evidence of speaking in tongues. I'm going to invite you to come boldly. If you want that gift, step out from where you are. Come make a line up front. We're going to pray for you. You've never been filled with the Spirit. All right, begin to lift your hands. Now, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, then you, you need to do that. Come on, let's do this all together. Say, dear Jesus, Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. 
Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Jesus said that you will be endued with power from on high, that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the other most parts of the earth. He wants to fill you with His Spirit. It's a very simple thing. We make it difficult. He wants to fill you, and we're going to pray. You ask God to fill you, fill you with His Spirit, and then you be open to allowing worship just to come forth. And then God will begin to give you sounds and syllables. It's not English. Don't, don't sing in English or pray in English. It's new sounds and new syllables. It doesn't come from your head. It comes from your, your koilea, your, your innermost being. So come on, let's pray right now. Come on, some of my leaders come. We'll lay hands here. Holy Spirit, come right now. Fill these with your Holy Spirit. If you have the freedom to pray in the Holy Ghost, go ahead. Come on, pray in the Holy Spirit. All of you that can pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit right now. Be filled right now. That's it. Let it bubble out of your belly right there. That's it. Hallelujah. A little louder, a little stronger. That's it right there. Holy Spirit, fill. Let it out. A little stronger, a little louder. Be filled right now. Hey, God's filling people up here. You got to participate. Let those sounds out, syllables out. Come on, you can do it. It takes boldness. Amen. it. Fire. Holy Ghost and fire. Holy Ghost and fire. Filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit in Jesus' name. Come on, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Little louder. Boldly let those sounds out. Hallelujah. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Just a moment longer all across this place. Pray in the Spirit. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Be filled. In Jesus' name. That's it. That's it. A little louder. Come on. Be filled. Be filled. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Okay, you can stop. Look at me, all eyes on me. The Holy Spirit is praying through you. 
How many of you know your spirit is not the Holy Spirit, but economically they work together. It's God's spirit praying through you, the perfect will of God. Corinthians talks about that. Now there's tongues with interpretation, that's prophecy. But then there's tongues that build yourself up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Jude talks about that. It talks about praying in the Spirit. It builds up and edifies your spirit man. You have a, you have a body. Come on, let me look at your hands. You got a body. All right, you have a soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, your memories. Then you have a spirit. And when Jesus comes into your life, he comes into your spirit. You renew your mind to line up with what the Spirit Line up with the Word of God that's renewing of your mind. And the Holy Spirit will fill, imbue, if you will, empower your, your spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And that's why in Scripture it says, greater is He that's in me. It's deity, deity, deity in humanity. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when you're praying in the Spirit, there's a prayer language that He will give you. Use it a lot. Because I don't know what they're saying. I know. We need a brain bypass, most of us. How many of you don't know what to pray about sometimes? You're just like, I don't know, but I need something. Yeah, that's when you pray in the Holy Ghost. If I, you don't have an answer or how to pray or what to do, then you pray in the Spirit. I'm going to tell you, I pray in the Spirit for hours every day. Hours, hours, hours. It's just like when I'm walking around, I'm driving, I'm constantly Sean dying. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? We're going to pray in the Spirit one more time, then we'll stop. And then what we're going to do is we're just going to thank God for what He prayed through us, all right? Are you ready? Come on, service almost over. Some people got baptized in the Holy Ghost. All right, so listen, do loud. Look at me. All you guys getting prayed for up here, look at me. Look at me. Open your eyes. Look here. I want to see eye contact. All right. All right? You know how to lift your voice, right? Hey! Everybody say hey. Hey! Now let me hear you guys say hey up front. One, two, three, go. Way good. Way good. I want that volume. That volume. I want that volume, all right? Are you ready? Can you, all the congregation say hey on the count of three. One, two, three. I want that volume in tongues, all right? You ready? Set. Yes! Yes! That's it right there! Fire! Fire! Yes! Okay, stop, stop. Put your hands together for Jesus and say thank you, God. Come on, just rejoice. Thank you, Lord. Come on, say thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Take someone by the hand. Lord, we bless you and praise you tonight for all that you've done, all that you're doing. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. Give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Wednesday night is going to be amazing. Going to start a new series on, it's called Holy Ghost, come. You do not want to miss Wednesday night. Invite people, miracles, signs, wonders, power of God, ministry for the whole family. We love you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. 
Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.